Welcome to the Worship Leader Hangout Podcast. My name's Chad, and this is David Hutchinson. We are here. We're going to talk about the state of our country. We're going to talk about racism, and I'm going to let David do most of the talking, and I'm going to listen and learn. Uh, we're going to talk about this from the lens of worship leaders, and uh, I'm excited about this because that's, I believe it's really necessary um, to keep this conversation going because racism is flat out wrong, and I, I want to... I want to see reform in this, of course, but uh, I think it's important to start, you know, right here and talk. And uh, David, just let's start out with kind of telling us, um, as far as the recent events, just kind of tell us sort of how you felt, how you've been dealing with this, and maybe even, you know, I don't know if you've been talking to your team about this kind of thing, or or just kind of go into some of that up front, and then we may move into sort of, um, you know, maybe somewhat of a solution, even if it's just in us or around us. Um, so, yeah, let's get that started, man. It's yeah. good to see you, by the way. It's good to see you too, man. Well, uh, let's just talk about my experience with this. And I want to say that my experience is not another person's experience. And the way I may articulate this is not the way somebody else may articulate it. Um, the truth is mm-hmm. America is a really big place. And all of our experiences as black people, a lot of times we are united by our experience in many ways. And in many ways, um, a black person on the West Coast may not experience uh, life the same way as a black person person on the east or a black person who lives in the north may not experience it the same way as someone who lives in the south. And so those things mm-hmm. shape your perspective of the world and they uh, shape your perspective of how you articulate what's happening. Um, so with that being right. said, I'm an African-American, but I, grew, I was raised in the Bahamas, even though I was born in the U.S. So that shaped my experience and that shapes how I will articulate um, the way I'm viewing it. And I, and I say all that to say, because I know I may say things that uh, whether you're on one side of it or the other, uh, and in some ways you may say, why did he say it like that? But I, I, I want you to really hear my heart rather than just trying to assume uh by, by my words that I mean something negative in, in any way. Uh, so uh, when uh, George uh, Floyd was killed, uh, I was uh, deeply disturbed. But to be honest, that day, I, I was mourning the loss of one of my heroes in the world, and uh, Ravi Zacharias. And it was actually mm-hmm. around the time of his funeral. So I didn't, honestly, I did not want to pay attention. Not that what happened to him didn't matter. It was just that something was going on personally with me. However, uh, Saturday, after seeing um, so many reports and reading so many things online, I did become disturbed. I, I've actually never seen the video. And as one friend of mine has said, uh, black lives aren't there for entertainment and he will not be entertained by black lives being killed. And uh, he said, I, I refuse to watch the lynching of another black person. So I've kind of adopted that. And I try not to watch those videos. I just try to listen to the reports and, and read them. So I, I still can't bring myself to watch it. Um, uh, that Sunday, I, w- I was even more disturbed when I woke up. And I, and I was like so disturbed that it was, I had to lead worship. And we're doing worship online and I'm still doing it from my phone. But imagine trying to lead worship to a congregation that does not identify with your experience of racism, right? Like imagine leading that. So how do I lead these people when I'm struggling in the moment? So 
the only thing I could wow. do was I I infused it into the way I was leading worship, but I also had to be careful because I lead worship at a predominantly white church. And I'm not saying that, oh, they don't care anything. I don't think it's any of that. I just think that their experience isn't the same. And that was one of the f- only mornings I've ever had where I was like, man, I really do wish I was at an African-American church in this moment, just so that I can be around people that are experiencing life the same way I'm experiencing it. And uh, I think the reason why I was so disturbed by George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey, actually with Ahmaud, I was, I think that's why I couldn't watch what happened to George, um, Mr. Floyd. I, I couldn't do it. And uh, when, when Ahmaud was killed, that was, the, that was the first time that I thought, oh my gosh, it could happen to me. And not that I've never thought that before, but I mean, it. I felt it. Like, he was a runner, I'm a runner. The street that he was killed on looks exactly like a street that I live on in my neighborhood. Um, <clears throat> it was just so many circumstances around his death that I was like, oh my gosh, one day I could go running and, my, and I don't come home to my boys. And so um, I was really disturbed by it. And uh, that that was kind of my my experience with it, and uh, I was I was angry, and I did not know what to do, so I never even posted anything, and uh, I really struggled with, with what to say. So I just read what other people were posting, more so to is anybody identifying with the way I feel about it, and can I read that and and feel some of that? Because a lot of times when you can just identify with somebody else out there, you feel a little bit better. And, uh, you know, so uh, that's that's kind of what happened. That's kind of my situation in leading worship on Sunday. And so this is a worship leading uh, uh, YouTube channel. And so that was kind of my experience with that. And uh, something I wanted to say while reading those posts, I noticed that there was a lot of judgment immediately passed. And, and of course, we do that. It's natural for human beings to do that. But we have to be careful when... We do that. Um, it's automatic if you are a Republican or a conservative person to say, well, this was an isolated event, right? This was just, oh, let's let the facts um, come forth. Let's wait. Let's wait to hear things. Um, let's wait to see what happens. And uh, I definitely understand that response. Uh we always want to know the truth. We always want to uh, avoid ju- uh, predetermining something and then uh, basing our actions off of those things. Uh, however, imagine living in a community where you see things like this happen to you or your family members or your friends constantly. You, you're, you're angry. You're, you're frustrated. What else do the people have to do, you know, but protest? Now, I'm not for rioting. I'm not for lawlessness. But what else can they do? What what else uh, situation do you leave them with? And so um, I, I, that, that was something I, I noticed that a lot of people were saying, um, let's just wait. Let's just see what happens. A lot of that, a lot of... Um, 
I think it's very important that we we hear the pain of people. And a lot of times in America, we don't like to do that. We don't, we don't, and I mean, I, let me not say America, because I think that's just human nature is just to already justify something. And a lot of times, now I will say this about America, a lot of times it's based on the political aisle that you walk. It seems as though if you are conservative, uh, you will look at this differently than if you are democratic or liberal, right? And I, and there are extremes to both sides. But I, I want to say that we should all remember that if you're watching this YouTube channel, I'm assuming that you are a believer, and there are many believers that don't. But we're not a political party first or political or an ideology. Uh, we're believers, and we are governed by scripture first. And... Uh, the scriptures teach us that uh, judging others uh, based on the color of their skin or where they are from is wrong. Um, Paul corrected Peter when he did it. Uh, we see that uh, where in the Old Testament that we are to treat the, sh the, the foreigner and the stranger to our land with kindness. So there are other scripture verses in the Bible that govern how we are to, how we are to view these things. And clearly killing somebody is wrong. It doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? Killing someone is wrong. And so I think, I think we need to be careful about uh, allowing our politics to dictate how we view uh, the mistreatment of somebody else. Because it seems as though <laughs> if and it doesn't matter which side you're on if it looks like somebody from my side mistreated somebody if it looks like it then i'm going to examine the situation differently i'm going to treat it differently right um and it doesn't matter so that was something that i noticed and uh, I, I hated that and it doesn't mean that all conservatives i'm speak i'm saying this you chad you know my political views I am I am probably more conservative than most people I know. I wouldn't even share some of my conservative views about certain things, but because uh, they're just they're kind of extreme. But I, I noticed that that uh, a lot of times politics can influence the way we see things. All right, um, yeah. And I wanted to say it's to true. hear the pain of other people uh, more than your more than you are paying attention to their words. Hear their pain. And uh, I, I, I didn't see a lot of that happen. I saw some of it, but I, I wish I just saw more of it happening. And then uh, I wanted to say that, like, you know, a relationship with someone who is not you is complicated. And I'm in a relationship with my wife, and I don't understand everything that's going on with my wife. That That doesn't mean I shouldn't listen to her and pay attention to her. And... If she needs something from me, somebody said this to me the other day, a minister at my church. He said, uh, if, if, if my wife were to come to me and say, hey, I love you, and the response were to be, well, I love everybody. Like, how is she supposed to take that? She needs to hear from me in that moment that she, that I love her, right? 
Yeah. And I and I think that was another thing. Like it felt like if you said Black Lives Matter, you had to put that qualifier on it. Uh, all lives matter. Like no, Black people in this moment in America need to feel like there are people that care about them, that they are concerned about their well-being, that they are concerned about uh, the circumstances that they're the that they're in. Um, and so I think that that was another thing I, I noticed. So those are some those are just some of my thoughts. And uh, one final thing is that we all need to respond. And I and I and I used to say, you know, I'm very much a believer in that there is no law that can change the heart of a man. So I don't care what laws we institute. If somebody hates another person, that they will hate that person. There's nothing we can do about that. Now, there are laws we probably can put in place that will uh, reduce the amount of times these uh, events take place, and I am all for it 100%. But I do believe the gospel, and the gospel tells us that we are all sinners in need of the grace of God, and it is only Christ that can change the heart of a person. And just as he has changed my heart, I believe that he can do that for anybody else. And quite frankly, he is changing my heart because there are things in my heart, my heart and your heart, that do not align with God and God is working on us. And so I believe that God can do that for anybody. So I, I, I'm for the gospel. I, I want to clarify that I'm all about the gospel and the coming kingdom where, you know, ultimately these things won't end until we believe um, that, you know, quite frankly, the world accepts God's rule, right? And they accept that God is the rightful ruler of this world. We, we, so that being said, there is a scripture verse in James, and I want to read it to you. Um, it reads this. What good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you tells him, go in peace, stay warm and well fed but does not provide for his physical needs, what good is that? So, to faith, so too, faith by itself, if it does not result in action, is dead. So this is what I believe as a, as a believer um, first, that not only do we believe in the coming kingdom, right? That man has to accept God's rule, but we also believe that we have a responsibility to act now, right? How does that look? You, look, one of my favorite preachers says, uh, we will always struggle with what needs in the world that we should meet, right? I can't meet all the needs in Africa. I can't meet all the needs in uh, other remote parts of the world in South America. I can't meet all the needs in my neighborhood in Oak Cliff. I can't meet all the needs in the world, right? But mm -hmm. he says this, whatever need you see is the need that you are able to meet. And the need, whatever need is in front of you, right? That's the need that you are able to meet. And so there's nothing you can probably do about what's going on in other states around the 
around America, but what is going on in your own neighborhood, that is something you can begin to uh, act on, right? Maybe it begins by developing relationships right. with uh, other worship leaders that don't look like you, that don't come from the same economic background as you. Um, <clears throat> maybe uh, it begins by inviting people into your home and getting to know them and knowing their stories, you know, because what happens there is we stop seeing people as this group, right? You, I, I no longer can can judge Chad by, well, Chad has the uh, spiky hair and the shirt. So I'm assuming he might be this like hipster guy that I don't know. I can make a bunch of assumptions about him, right? But because I know Chad, now I'm no longer going to make those assumptions about him. I know that he's a man that loves his wife, that he loves his kids. He's devoted to his church. Uh, he loves making videos. Uh, he loves his friends. Like I can say things about him because I know him, right? And that's what we have to begin to do. We, we will continue to have race issues if we don't begin to develop relationships with people that do not look like us. And we all have a responsibility in that. All right. So yeah. those are the things I wanted to say. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, man. Yeah, that's so good. I, the, that last point especially hit me pretty hard because it's, it's like the more you get to know the people that are around you that are not like you, the, the less like you the less likely you are to judge others that look like them. Because you're like, no, that they're a person. They have a family. They, you know, they, I, I, I can't, you know, elaborate on that as well as you did, but it, that was good. Thank you. Yeah. That was probably the, the, the best advice I've heard so far in this. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, that was really good. Um, but, yeah, what I mean— I was gonna ask you like, what else can we do? But I mean, that's that's like where we start right there. That's, is I agree. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, I guess also, um, I would I, I definitely want to encourage people to 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 ask God to show them if there is any um, if there is anything in them in their hearts uh, that that needs to be changed. Yeah, uh, whether it be racism or um, maybe. A judgmental spirit, you know, when they do see people of color, um, we need to we need to ask God to say, or to to show us that and and change our hearts. It's yeah. very important. Those are good words, man. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, yeah, um, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you. That just, you're right it, that we we just have to ask God. We have look. This is a spiritual problem. And I don't want to sound like a preacher. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I honestly hate sounding like a preacher because, and I what, I what I mean by that is like the moment somebody sounds like a preacher, certain people begin to turn them off. The, the person sounds uh, yeah. like they're living in another dimension, you know? And, 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 and I don't want to sound mm -hmm. like that. I don't want to sound like that for the gospel's sake, right? I want to speak to your issue. But the truth is, this is a spiritual heart problem. Yeah. This, there's, there is, think about it. In the history of mankind, mm -hmm. we've always been racist. We've always been. In America, it is manifesting itself as uh, 
mistreatment of African-Americans or mistreatment of Mexicans, mistreatment of any minority, Mm -hmm. right? It can manifest itself like that. Um, However, the enti- in, for the entire history of the world, people have mistreated other people that were the minorities in their group. This is not a problem isolated to America. Yeah. It is a heart problem with human beings. And quite frankly, you have to go to the person that made people to fix this problem. And that's why I'm saying we have to go to God. Yeah. It isn't a, man, let's just try to like, all we're going to be doing is yeah. putting Band-Aids on it. And, I, and I'm beginning to sound like a preacher and I don't want to, but... Um, you get you get what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, well, man, I, I, yeah, like I said, I appreciate your time on this. And I know when you said you wanted to, to talk about this, I was like, yes, let's do. Because I had no idea what to say. It seemed like everybody else knew exactly what to say on their platforms. And yeah, um, but I, yeah, so I just hand it over to you, man. I, you, you're great with your words, first of all, but. Um, you know, as a white dude, I was just like, I, don't, I, yeah. I love black. Well, people. I was I right there with you, man. I didn't know what to say. It, you know, and <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what to say either. I still haven't posted one thing on my yeah. Facebook about. It. I actually stopped posting because I I didn't want to, you know, talk about something going on with my kids. Or it, I felt like it was disrespectful. Um, but I didn't. I didn't. What, what was I gonna say? You know. I know. I did too. I did too. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Racism is wrong. Everybody yeah. knows racism is wrong. And that's the thing, you know, it's not yeah. just that. Or at least they hear that. Whether yeah. And I would say most people in America would believe that racism is wrong. I actually believe that, right? But yeah. while that is an ideal that we believe, a lot of times our ideals, look, my ideals for my marriage don't always line up with how I act, right? Um, Like... I should always be loving towards my wife, yeah. but sometimes I'm, I get angry with her and I'm like, woman, what are you doing? So like, we don't always live up to- Do you get angry ideas. with your wife? That- yeah. yeah, right? So we don't always live up to our <laughs> ideals. And uh, I think a lot of times too, I, I, not, to, not to Harper, because I felt like we ended at a good point. So you can decide to include this later if you want. I kept reading Matthew 18 that entire week, maybe for two weeks, where Jesus says, if a, if a brother offends you, uh, go to your brother and tell them. And then if, if they don't repent, take two witnesses. If they don't print, repent, uh, tell the church. And if they still do not repent, um, treat them, treat them like a Gentile. Jesus said that, treat them like a Gentile. And I was, I, I was, when I read the Bible, sometimes I get frustrated because I don't understand what it means or it conflicts with like what I thought it would have said, but it said, treat them like a Gentile. Yeah. And you have to tell your brother that they have offended you because sometimes they don't know. They don't know what they're doing to offend you. And we can't make that assumption that, oh, well, they should know by now. How many times do people in your own life who you're most close to offend you with the same thing, right? Yeah. 
And so you have to tell your brother. And this is why after that, Paul, not Paul, Peter asked Jesus, how much time should we forgive them if they, they offend us? And Peter, Peter was like seven times and Jesus was like seven times 70 or something like that. Basically, mm-hmm. we all know you're not, you're supposed to continue to forgive that person. So I think in order for race relations to uh, come to some wholeness, first off, it's going to require both parties, one, to acknowledge that I am sinning against you, just like what was ha- just like Jesus says. They need to acknowledge it. And if they don't acknowledge it, treat them like a Gentile. And I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure what that means, but that doesn't sound good. And... <laughs> And two, on the other side, to forgive them as many times as you have to. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, let's end it right there. That's really good. Yeah. But thanks so much for talking about this. I know it's tough. Um, but And thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Uh, we really appreciate it. And if you want to connect with us, we're on all the social media platforms that matter. <laughs> and um, we uh, this podcast is actually on Google uh and uh, Spotify and Apple. So if you want to listen to this podcast, you can go listen to it and other podcasts that we've done in the past. So anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. And remember, great worship leaders are always Always learning. learning. Have a great day, guys. That's right.